do it. All right. Welcome to the Clear to Close podcast. My name is Ryan Bolton, local mortgage expert. With me, as always, is Carson Jones, Team Honey, part of Realty One Group. I've got a great one for you today. What are the top five mistakes that sellers are making? We're in a seller's market, so what are they doing wrong? What are sellers doing wrong? Well, let's let's state the obvious first, and the, the first mistake is that they're not calling me. Uh, so we're just going to call that the number one mistake and that's the end of our episode. So thanks for watching. <laughs> there you go. All right. <laughs> that's been it for us today at the clear to close podcast. <laughs> no, uh, first of all, yes. Call me four, three, five, six, six, nine, six, six, nine, four. But I also will give you a few other hints, uh, above just that. So, uh, we're just going to bring up the five top mistakes that, that we could have today in terms of what sellers are doing wrong when trying to sell their house. Uh, now, more often than not, sellers, they go through this, the phase, especially at the beginning, they say, I can sell this on my own, no problem. Truth is, the past two, three years, yeah, you, you, you probably could sell it on your own. And a lot of people had a lot of success with that. Uh, if you look on Zillow and if you look on a lot of these for sale by owner websites right now, you'll see that that's not the case anymore. Uh, now it's getting to the point where you're, it's rare to see something that's only been on the market for five days. It's been on the market for... 120, 130 days. And the majority of the phone calls that you're getting on that for sale by owner are from realtors like me trying to list your home. So, uh, so I'm going to save you a little bit of time and just kind of tell you the top five things that you might be able to have a little bit more success at selling your home if you just do a few of these things. So the number one, and I think any realtor or lender or uh, title company, anybody is going to agree on this. Number one is you got to price your home correctly. And uh, I actually just had a listing appointment I was at the other day. We're going to be listing this place soon. But they got their price because the person in charge of the HOA, they went to them and they asked, hey, what are homes selling for here? And the guy in charge of the HOA said, oh, that one sold for... Uh, that one sold for 68,000, that one sold for 60,000. And they say, okay, well, I'm going to sell mine for 70. Right. And I said, that's how you decided on the price of your home. Mm -hmm. And I said, I, we can sell your house for mid eighties, if not up to a hundred right now. So with that said, even though it's been on the market for sale by owner at $70,000, they still haven't gotten any action on it. Okay. So the reason is, is because they didn't look at, I mean, okay, we looked at square footage, square footage was saying, okay, well, these others were two bedrooms, yours is a three bedroom. So pricing your home correctly can do, can do a lot of good for the seller as well as the buyer. Okay. Mm -hmm. And the problem is you're, you're getting realtors right now, as well as of course, for sale by owners who say, okay, well, we're either, we're going to start it really high and we're going to get some action here in those first couple of weeks. And it, we're going to start your house at $700,000. And uh, we know that you could sell it for six eighty, but we're going to start at 700 and see what happens. Well, three weeks go by and your house still hasn't sold because you're overpriced. And uh, maybe your house is worth that 675 to 680 that you want, but you're overpriced. Okay. Now it's been on for three weeks. It's been on for a month. Oh, great. We got a show. We got an offer. They just offered us six fifty five. Why are we now $25,000 under what I need to sell this house for. Mm. Uh, and it really comes down to just the fact that you overpriced your home where we are now in the second half of 2022. Unfortunately, you really can't just overprice your home and expect to get a whole bunch of offers coming in, in the first few days. And really it's going to be hard to even get a couple showings coming in because now more than ever, uh, 
it, well, now more than any other time over the past five years, you have competition. Hmm. And in the past, it's been tough because a, a seller can see their house. They say, oh, yeah, I mean, my, my house is worth 700K. And so I'm going to list it for 750 because anybody will buy anything right now. And sure enough, you got a couple offers in the 750s and you just made an extra 50K on your house. Now it's a little bit different story. Now people are very much looking into what the value of that house is. Yeah. Uh, people are getting their appraisals back and they're no longer saying, I'll just pay cash for the difference of the appraisal. Mm. Well, the appraisal came in low, say, that's where it's at. That's what I'm going to pay for. I'm no longer going to give you that extra yeah. $20,000 cash just to make sure this home uh, is mine. And so I, I think that's such a different thing that happened in the 08, the last crisis, everybody was worried about the next crisis because people are paying more for the houses. Really the financing was paying more for it. Really. Yeah. These homes were listed at 500,000 people were willing to pay more because they really wanted the house. They needed to move. They wanted to be here. They wanted to get out of wherever they were. Right. So they saw the value of paying extra for it. Yep. Not necessarily that financing was there and that we're causing this huge bubble. People were paying the, the difference in cash. It wasn't something where they're getting financed, and now we're going to see this big increase in foreclosures or this big yeah. increase of people underwater. I remember there was loans specifically designed to help people that were underwater. Yeah. You're really not going to see that as much. So I agree 100%. Pricing it out correctly is very, very important because we saw agents that were pricing what the market was saying. People were paying more. So then they started pricing out at the more and still getting more. We just we couldn't hit a ceiling for a while. Yeah. We're well past those days where people really have all the extra cash. Or, or there's more homes to choose from that they don't have only one they can pick and they're, whoever has the most money wins. Much more, there's now five to pick from and they say, well, who's going to give me a better deal? Which one's going to make more sense? So when that happens, that initial pricing is so important because like you said, if you see a home on the market 120, 140, 100 and something days, usually that means, okay, I can offer less. There's just a human nature to be like, well, if you've had it that long, it's either not sold because yeah. it's overvalued or it's something where there's something wrong with it. It just starts getting your wheels turning. So pricing it out at the beginning is so crucial to get it sold quickly and for the most money. And, and what we're seeing so much on that right now is uh, is sellers using Zillow to find the price of their home. Mm. And really, this should probably be the number one, but I kind of worked it in with, with number one. So I'm going to call this 1B. Okay. Is <laughs> do not look at the Zestimate on Zillow. Yeah. And... When I say don't look at it, I mean don't even look at it. <laughs> uh, when I say don't price your house off of the Zestimate, I I really hope you don't price it off of the Zestimate, but really you shouldn't even be looking at that because I have... And, and that's especially in Utah. It even says yes, specifically yes. that Utah is one of the worst ones for that estimator because there's not as much public data on yep. what homes sold for in Utah because we're a non-disclosure state. We're one of the few that don't disclose what you actually bought the home for right. publicly. So it just, it's really inaccurate in Utah, more than most states. It, it is. And, and the problem is, let's say your neighbor's house just sold and your neighbor's house was built the exact same year as yours, but your neighbor put $40,000 into the house and your neighbor, uh, the $40,000 in upgrades they put might've increased their value over a hundred thousand dollars. So, uh, Zillow does not take any of that into consideration. Mm -hmm. Zillow is taking the square footage and it's taking the comps, it's taking the number of bedrooms, it has a pool, the main features of the house. But let's say your house, maybe you've got a house and and you have, uh, you've put in all new cabinets, you've got new LVP floors throughout the entire house, you just had the entire house painted and it looks pristine. Guess what Zillow is going to say? 
Zillow's going to say that your house is the same amount of money as the exact same house, the exact same square footage, size, everything, the exact same house right next door to yours that might be in terrible condition. Hmm. So please, no matter what you do, the Zillow's estimate, please stay far, far yeah. away from it. So. Well, not only that, they'll go off public record. Well, okay, if you got a $450,000 purchase price, but you put $200,000 down, it looks as if this home sold for what was recorded against yeah. it at 200000 yeah. So suddenly that can skew those numbers. That's why you see those estimators on Zillow, especially for Utah, yep. really fluctuate based on new data that does come into their system. And it doesn't and, take into consideration, I mean, a lot of these sellers right now, they're they're say buying a point or two down on these yep. people's loans to, to help the interest rate. So it doesn't take a lot of these things into yep. consideration. So I'm not saying that the Zestimate is always high. In fact, a lot of the times I'm saying the Zestimate can be very it's low. Just wrong. Uh, it's just it's wrong. Just wrong. <laughs> it's just wrong. Whether it's yep. positive or negative is just wrong. So pricing out your home is so crucial. It's so it crucial. And and the thing is, it's free to do. Mm. I, I will price out your home for free. I, I won't come to your house and, and say, okay, the only way I'm going to give you this price is if you sign this contract. Call me or go to my website. Uh, you can just go to teamhoney.org and we can price your house out for you for free on there. Uh, and then what we'll do is if if you're happy with just what we've been able to send you online, we can also then come to your house and say, okay, we see all these different upgrades that you've done now. Here's an actual price for what your home could sell for. And what I like to do when I'm giving a seller a price is I like to say, okay, there's five prices. The first price is the likely for sale for sale by owner price this is likely what you're going to sell for the second one is a very easy sales price so an, a, a price that we could put this on the market it's going to sell in two days no problem usually pretty low next is that fair, that fair housing price the fair housing market where this is where this is what the house is probably really worth right now if an appraiser came in this is the dollar amount that i feel like they would tell you this is what your house is worth. The next is we're going to go a little bit high. I'll give you a price. Say this is a little high, but I do think that with my marketing skills, I can get this done at this price. And then the fifth one is kind of that exploratory price. Uh, that exploratory price is on that $700,000 house where you're like, I'm going to list it at $745 or $760 and just see if buyers come in. Is that and really just for somebody that doesn't have to have to sell as quickly? Is that somebody just kind of testing know, the market yes, more often? The, it is, but unfortunately, those aren't the people who are doing the, doing the exploratory mm. price. You're getting the people who say, I got to get out of here in the next month. And they say, oh, yeah, exploratory price. That's what that's what we want to go off of. Mm. So mm. understand that that is there to show you that this is what a lot of your competition might be listing their homes for, but they're not going to sell there. Mm. And more often than not, if a house is worth $700,000, maybe that fair market value that I'm giving you is 700 K. And then that exploratory price is 760. The person who lists that house at 700 is actually going to sell their house for more in the end than the person who listed it at, mm. si at 760. Mm. And a lot of that, because time of market, you're building demand, you're building uh, more and more people interested in the house who have to compete against each other. And it's something that's actually going to get more eyes because if you're so overpriced, people are going to look at it and be like, oh, well, that's not even close to the house right down the, or on the other side of town. That's exactly the same price, but I like that house way better because... Yeah. It just overprices you. So yeah, when most people are doing the search on the home, they're doing kind of a price range. They're doing, you know, when they're doing their searches, bedroom, bathroom count, all that kind of stuff. So yeah. they're able to see five and six and seven homes right on the same screen all at the same time. They are. They and it's are. amazing how often the searches will prior, the highest yeah. priced home, you'll see at the top. Well, wait a minute, this one right below it is bigger or 
adds an extra bedroom or has other features to it that is so that you're, you're totally right. Pricing it out is crucial. So what would you say the second, that was number one is pricing yeah. out Craig. What would you say the second biggest mistake sellers are making right now? So the second biggest mistake, it kind of works a little bit in with that, but it, it's copying your neighbor's sale. Mm -hmm. And this again could work for a couple different reasons, but uh, more often than not, when I go to a listing appointment, they say, oh yeah, my neighbor, Joe, his, his house just sold for, for 700 K. Right. And, uh, I say, okay, I mean, tell me about your neighbor's house. Oh, well, I mean, it looks about the same as mine from the street. I mean, he's got RV parking, he's got a three car garage, but, uh, um, you don't really know much about it. You might've looked at some pictures online of the house when it sold. But again, that is not just mean your house is worth the exact same amount. Uh, just the fact, let's say he has a three car garage and you have a two car garage. It's a major difference. Hmm. Uh, if you have a two car garage and he's got a, or sorry, opposite, if you have the three car garage or maybe you have an RV garage and he just had a three car garage, but you've got that extra height and extra depth that adds a lot to your home, uh, or vice versa. So I see so many times where somebody looks at their neighbor's house, which, okay, it's in the same neighborhood. Square footage is the same. Uh, there's a lot of common factors to it, but there are many, many things that might make your house worth a lot more or a lot less. Mm. So again, those are just the comps. Okay. So at, when you talk to realtors, say, hey, I'll bring you over the comps and show you what the comps are. That's again, that's not how we price houses. And unfortunately that's how a lot of realtors, uh, especially in St. George have decided that's, that's how they're going to do it. They're going to just going to, okay, these are the five houses in your neighborhood that have sold in the past six months. And, We'll just kind of average these together and boom, there's your number. Mm -hmm. There is so much more that goes into it. So uh, yes, look at the comps of your neighbor sales. But again, same as Zillow. Don't just say that's what your house is worth. Uh, you have to have a professional who knows what they're talking about. Can look at even just down to the kitchen cabinets, the type of windows you have, uh, and just the type of the condition that your home is in. Uh, showing your house the best is what's going to make your house worth more. Uh, it's not just a matter of, Oh, this is what everything that's in the neighborhood is for is going for right now. You have to show that your house is actually worth that. So, you know, and I would tell you this: neighbors lie. Yes, I they would do. tell you this all the time. Yes, they, they do. They always overprice their home yep. of what they sold it for, and always underprice the home of what they paid for it. It's it's a it's I don't know if it's a weird pride thing because it's kind of like credit score. I've got an eight hundred credit score or whatever. Yeah. It really is kind of a funny thing how often I've seen that, and it's like, okay, wait a minute, you sold it for seven hundred. Did you do? Uh, commissions? Did you do seller concessions? How long did it take? Yeah. What improvements did you have to do with the home? What home inspection popped up? When you start digging into that stuff, it get, it can change. So, and there's an amazing amount of rounding up. There's an well, it wasn't well, it said it was six ninety. You know, we ended up netting six eighty or six eighty. You know what I mean? So, yeah. Yeah. it really is n nothing about it, but I, I, it's just human nature to inflate and deflate numbers that make you look bad or worse. Right. And for some reason, I see that all the time. That there's this sense of pride of paying less than market value when they bought it and paying, getting more than what they really got out of it. So having a, somebody, like you said, do a review and not just copy a neighbor's price and that kind of thing. Cause there can be so many things that are different, even floor plans. I'm amazed at how one floor plan feels bigger than the other. Yeah. So getting people into the home and making sure it's priced out right. That you're getting as many eyeballs into the property as possible. We've all, we've all gone to places where, you know, the, whether it's a golf course or whether it's a restaurant or where it has a photo and you go into it or a hotel room and you're like, well, this doesn't look like the photo. And then you relook at the photo. And you're like, well, I, yeah, I guess it kind of does. There's just something to, you want to get in there. You want to physically get into the property and just yeah. copying what your neighbor's doing is not always the best thing. So number one, not pricing your home correctly, copying your neighbors. Number two, what would you say? Number three is the top five mistakes that sellers are making. So 
I, I would say number three is just hiring that cheap agent who comes to your house offering you the lowest commissions. Uh, you, you'll see a lot of this over these next few years because realtors are going to be getting desperate. Uh, and that's, that's the nature of the business. We have a lot more realtors right now than we had in 2012. Mm. Uh, in fact, it's well more than double. Uh, in fact, I think it's almost three times as many realtors mm. we have now yep. uh, than we did back, back then. So, and, and also, it's like 80%. Uh, you know, it's 20% are doing 80% of the business. It's amazing how many agents it, are doing very little. it's probably less than that. It's probably, it's, probably maybe, it's almost like 95.5 in, yeah, in, okay. in, in all reality. <laughs> There's so few agents that are actually successfully doing this job the way it should be. Mm. Um, a lot of part-timers, like, yeah, there's not like career-oriented, long-term agents. Yep. Yep. So so what I would say is, you you let's say you have your house for sale by owner. You're going to be getting a lot of phone calls from realtors. I'm sorry. That's that's what's going to happen. Yep. Uh, I know some agents here in town, some of the top agents here in town, when you put on your for sale by owner on Zillow and you say, well, no agents calling us, no realtors. Oh, they, they start, I mean, their wheels start spinning. They get so excited to call you because they know, oh, there's a lot of agents who are afraid to call that person. Now, when I was starting, I was terrified to call. I was like, oh, they're... They really don't want to use a realtor, so I'm not going to talk to them. So so I wouldn't even give them a call, but these top guys will and they say, hey, I know you don't want to work with a realtor because it costs more money. I'm going to do it for 500 bucks. And that is the new going, uh, the new kind of, I wouldn't call it a scam, but it's kind of a scam in many ways. Mm. But there's realtors saying that I'm going to list your house for $500. And then all of a sudden the buy, or the seller's like, oh, really? I mean, okay, let's do that. That way we can get it on the MLS, get it rolling. Well, a couple problems with that. Number one, that realtor is not using their the Utah State contract. They're using a contract that they have made hmm. on their own. Hmm. And that contract doesn't show what they're paying the buyer's agent. So the way that they do this, they say, I'm going to list your home for $500. So yeah, you got to pay 3% to the buyer's agent, but I'll only take 500 bucks. Well, in all reality, they're only paying the buyer's agent one and a half to maybe 2% of, of their, uh, of the total commission. So actually they're not getting $500. They're getting sometimes even more than the buyer's agent is, and they're getting at least 1%. And a lot of times it's more like one and a half percent or more. So so be careful of those contracts and make sure that whatever contract you're signing with, whatever realtor it is, it's always the Utah state contract. And you want to see what are you paying to the buyer's agent? Because it's the law and I'm actually not allowed whatsoever to not bring a buyer to a house that only says 1% uh, buyer's agent commission. But unfortunately, there's a lot of agents who will not bring their buyers to your house. Yeah. And uh, like it or not, I mean, the rules are not always followed within this industry and there's going to be a lot of realtors who say, Hey, this house is only offering 1% commission. I'm, I'm not bringing my, my, my buyers over here. I'm going to make them go buy a, go find a different house and not even show this one. I think them. it's human nature. If you've got 10 homes, the clients are looking at and nine of them pay 3%, which yep. is more the industry standard and one doesn't, yep. you may not be as encouraged to go to that one when they have yep. other ones and you're still doing the right job for your client. You're still plenty of other homes. You're still showing there's a justification that has to go into there, but yeah, there's going to be a human nature part of it where you don't make as much. And there I would also say something about that. Uh, like you said, for sell by owners, there, there's also a human nature aspect. If you see a for sale by owner, almost every buyer is going to look at that and say, okay, I don't know if it's priced out right. There's not an agent. I'm just going to offer less because there isn't a sense of confidence that the yeah. value they came up with is a true market value, that there's right. other comps that are around there, that they came up with the number. Now, there doesn't mean you yeah. can't negotiate that price, of course, just like anything, whether it's a car or a home or anything, but it is something where 
I can't tell you how many of the buyers that come into my office that want to get pre-approved and they see it's a for sale by owner. So we're just going to offer them 6% less. We're going to round down because they're not having an agent involved. And so most of the time those don't sell as well than having somebody that's absolutely representing it. Plus you're going to get a lot more phone calls, a lot more looky, a lot of all the other things you don't want to deal with as a seller that the agent can buffer you from that's well worth that price. I've, I've done real estate for a long time. I always use agents. I always do because it's something where it's built in the price. There's another professional working on it. It's worth the weight in gold. Now, if they're not doing a good job for you, that's a whole different story. Fire them. Yeah, you have to. (laughs) And that's something that people don't realize is they don't realize that agents are fireable. Yeah. Uh, If you want, I could even put a link in this, in the description here of the document. It's just a cancellation of the uh, exclusive right to sell. You can cancel your contract with, with, uh, with your agent. And if the agent doesn't want to, then call their broker and, I don't know many brokers here in town who are going to say, oh, no, we're not willing to cancel your contract. They're going to cancel your contract yeah. if you're not having a good experience. So. Yeah, I agree with that. So that's where you're, you're going to be paying the money either way, whether it's in price reduction, whether yeah. that's in a whole bunch of phone calls, whether that's always having somebody come by the home at weird hours. All, you're going to pay for it either way. You might as well get the right agent. And here's the yep. crazy thing I see is even the top agents all make the same amount from the person that just started. Yep. It's not like, okay, you're charging, let's say 6% and you're getting you know, the, the cream of the crop every single time. So you can screen and check and, and check out who's doing the listing for you. Like Carson, make sure it's a professional that's doing it every day. That's in the market every day. That's out showing homes. That's in their office that answers the darn phone that gets back to you on emails, things like that. That's what really separates them. Yeah. Not the 1% agents or the 3% agents or the 6%, all that kind of stuff. Now that's still important. That's a big part of your equity. There's homie out there. There's other things, but I found that whether it's 1% or 3%, it's the person. That's who you're hiring. It's the team that you're hiring. And more than not, you're going to get more out of the 3% than you are the 1%. And you're going to get more by selling with an agent than you are going to try to do it on your own. Well, that's that's right. And I'll just jump right in number four here because number four is is not actually doing your research on the agent that mm. that you're hiring. And uh, the thing that I've found so much with uh, with agents here in town is that there's there's a few different steps to the ladder. You've got a few agents here in town who sell well more homes than anybody else, but they actually might not be making more money. And, and really, in re- all reality, sometimes they're just listing more homes than everybody else. So I want you to do a couple things when you're getting ready to interview a whole bunch of agents. Number one is never sign the contract when they just come to your house, they put the contract in your face and never let them be a salesperson like what they're doing and force you to sign that contract. Be careful before you sign that contract, ask them to let you to leave it, let you look it over for the night um, and look through everything, send it to uh, maybe you have a friend in the fa- in the family who might be a realtor in another state or a title company. Ask somebody to kind of read that contract over a little bit because agents are starting to put some a few weird things into their personal contracts if they're not using the Utah State form. So, what I'm going to say is is research the agent, and then more than that, research what they currently are doing. Um, there's a few agents here in St. George who have 35 to 50 listings at any given time. Why do they have 35 to 50 listings in 2022? Anywhere between 2019, 2022, there is no reason you should ever have 35 to 50 listings. That means that number one, they're not selling, first of all. So why why have these houses not been selling? Well, it's because they're not doing anything to make them sell. Their job is to go out and get appointments just like they did with you on the phone. Their job is to go out, get appointments, get your house listed, have their assistant run over to the house, grab a quick couple pictures, throw a sign in the yard, and it's done. 
And the next time you will hear from them is when they either want a price reduction on your home or uh, maybe they had an agent write them an offer, another agent come in and write an offer. So hire somebody who's actually going to do something. Hire somebody who they have 20 to 30 sales in the past 12 months, but they only have two or three things active at the time because who's going to be doing more marketing on your house? The person who has 35 listings or the person who has two to three listings or less. It's always going to be the person who has two to three listings because they actually have the time of day to spend getting your home sold. The one with 40 uh, to uh, 50 listings, all they're doing is just throwing it on the MLS and letting it sit there just like all the other ones. So, so be very careful when you're, when you're hiring the person to say, Hey, how many listings do you have? Okay. What's your average days on the market? Why is your average day on the market 90 days? And these others, their average days on the market is only 17 or 18 days. So look into that and see, see what the results are because a, a lot of realtors right now they're they're going for numbers and they're just going for how many they can get rather than how many they can how many listings they can have active rather than how many listings they can have and sold in a short amount of time and that's my goal when i get a house is i want to get houses that are ready to be sold the seller's ready to ready to get this done and it's a sellable home there's a lot of uh, houses that I look at on online when I'm looking at for sale by owners or expireds. And I look at the price. I said, this home isn't sellable right now. So I don't want to work with them because it's a waste of my time. Other agents will absolutely work with it just to have the numbers there, uh, there on the board. And they say, oh, well, it's so that they can, they can go get their own buyers. Do you want somebody listing your house who's just out there to get buyers for themselves? I want somebody who's going and trying to get my house sold so that they can get paid and then I can work with them again in the future and the future. So my goal when I am listing any home, whether it's, or I'm just, or I'm working with a buyer, I go into that transaction wanting to work with them again and wanting them to refer me to their family and their friends. And I'm not going to make that happen if I don't get the job done correctly. So hire somebody who goes into your house and talks to you and you realize that this person wants me to work with them for years and years in the future and wants all my family to work with them. Cause I, for myself know that that's only going to happen if I get the job done. Yeah. I, I think it's a great point. I think it's something where that, that interviewing process or making sure you're screening who you're working with, because you're going to have that relationship with that person, hopefully long-term. I think real estate agents are really good at yeah. seeing a little more down the road. They want clients for life. They're, they seem to have that more, more motif more so than maybe the car salesman guy. Like when was the last time you heard from the guy that sold you your car? You know, yeah. where agents, they seem to, they want to be involved in the community a lot more, especially if they're that kind of orientation. Yeah. You also want to make sure they're licensed. I mean, that's something we, we want to hit on. You want to make sure that they're actually licensed, have a brokerage, all that kind of stuff. If they're not even licensed, you need to run. If you do get contracts that have its it, it, assignable contracts or these investors that come in that have it under some LLC that's buying it or assigns, you want to be leery of that as well. So I really like what you said. Have them leave all the contract with you, spend a night on it, read through it because there sometimes it's pretty small print, not crazy yeah. small, even the Utah forms, yep. but it's four and five and six pages. Most people don't go through the whole thing. No, and it's not hard to go through it, but especially if the sales guy yeah. is right in front of me. I, I've always had this saying, you can either be a salesman or a man who sells. Yeah. And I think you want to humanize it. It's you want to get difference. to the, there's a big difference. And if the guy's sitting in front of you, won't leave until you sign it. Just say, Hey, you know, I want to read all this. I don't have time to yeah. sit here in front of me. I'm not going to sit here and read this document. Yeah. You know, give me, give me the night and then we can sign it. There might be a few things you want to tweak on it. Maybe there's something in there that you have to, they have to list your home for the next nine months or something crazy like that. 
that you didn't want hey i don't want to commit to this guy for that long i yeah. want to be able to cancel i want to be able it, but if you didn't even read the whole thing it's really more on you any court any judge anything is going to be like did you sign it yes i did you didn't read what you were signing yep having the time i think that's one of the, the a great point here if they do drop off the listing agreement just say hey you know give me till tomorrow i'm just want let me review it all you know give me till tomorrow to sign it yeah and, and so like we talked about Utah forms only only use the Utah yeah. state form. If you're whatever state you're in only sign anything that is an actual Utah state form. They're always going to have the logo on the realtor symbol at the top. If it's a form written up by a brokerage or a specific agent. And sometimes builders, sometimes yeah, builders, builders have their too. own too. Yeah. Bil builders can be a little bit different story, but the big thing on a builder, that's a great point is if you're buying a house from a builder, make sure that you have somebody else reading that contract. Because yeah. there are a lot of things in those contracts that can really go against you. So be careful on those builder contracts. Yeah, especially, like you said, there's so many times they throw this contract, it's 10 pages, and it would take you an hour to read it. And most people skim over maybe just the highlighted part. or And even if you do that, if there's one of those highlighted sections that has something yeah. that even starts to raise a red flag, read the whole thing. Take, yeah. a, take a second. If they were forcing you just to sign that thing without you giving the time to do it yeah. and, they, and they don't want you to do it, there might be something in there that you want to do. Now, maybe they're busy and they got somebody else and all this kind of, they spend a lot of time. There's a lot of reason why people will push you, yeah. but most of that just turns into salesmanship and it just turns into a sense of urgency. Like the car, all right. of us have been in an experience where we go to the car dealership and they won't let you leave. They won't let you think about it. They won't because they know as soon as you walk out that door, most likely you're not going to do it. Real estate, I don't think is quite that way. It, it's better to actually take a little bit more time it is. than it is to just sign everything. And all of a sudden, six months down the road, something comes up and they say, well, you signed the contract. Or did you sign yeah. this right here? And you're yeah. like, yeah, but I didn't read the whole thing. Yeah. I, it, take the time to read the thing or at least have somebody walk you through. Okay, this is what the section means. Yep. This is what the section means as more of a friend than just another salesperson. And that's actually a great red flag when you are meeting with the agent, because if they aren't willing to just pretty much read the thing to you right in front of you, to the, why? You don't have time? You don't have time to read me the contract that you have? I mean, <laughs> tell, tell me what this is. Yep. Uh, don't just make me sign it. So, And sometimes agents don't even know it. I, I'd say if you're I real estate agents, oh, read the darn thing. <laughs> I know. Luckily, w when I first started real estate, I was in a I did a couple classes. And one, that was one of the first things that I was able to learn is what is in each one of these contracts. And it's not hard. It's not difficult. Sure. The contracts, everybody freaks out about the contracts when they get into real estate. The contracts are easy. If I mean, anything, if you they're read designed them four to protect times, you. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. it's like okay, I know exactly what each section means. So, but every contract is designed to protect somebody. It is it buyer is. or seller. Well, where does it protect the buyer? Where does it protect the seller? Yeah, and that's the things you want to know about because yep. if there is something that does go wrong with the builder or the whatever, right? You want to see what your outs are, or what your repercussions are, or what they what they are so and, and i'll read that to you straight in front of me and i'll show hey professional advice don't sue me for giving you bad plumbing advice don't sue me for giving you bad like hire an accountant hire a plumber i'm not the guy that yep. knows how to do all this stuff so my last point on hiring that cheap agent if an agent comes to your house and starts nego negotiating the commissions with you and they just go straight to the bottom they just go straight to i'll do it for four percent or i'll do it for three and a half percent or the five hundred dollar thing what are they going to do when somebody writes you an offer and wants to negotiate on the house? Hmm. They're just going to say, okay, I'm going to make sure to get this done. They just want to get the deal done. Interesting. Yeah. So if they're, if they're folding that easy on their upfront yeah, commission, what are they going to do? do when an offer comes in? Just fold as easily yeah, and just not say, be okay, like, let me see what I could do. I'll, I'll get this done and 
get this contract yeah, over they're going to be so just as eager to get it sold as quickly as they can yeah. and whatever offer comes in then go back and say no that's yep. not enough that we got to you know we, we got to come up on that we got to meet in the middle we got to get rid of yep. a contingency we got to get rid of something that makes the contract stronger for you that's a good point well and just know there's no inspection repairs that you're going to be getting out of there there's no well for sure no marketing because they have no extra money to be paying for your marketing on those cheap ones so so really make sure you've got somebody because let's say you do get a lower offer and if i list a house at six percent i'm giving three percent the buyer's agent three percent to myself and or to my broker now with that said let's say an offer comes in and it's low and you needed a net 650 on this house but you've gone down and now you're only going to net 645 but you cannot sell this house for less than a net net 650 well the agent who has half a percent or one and a half percent they really don't have any leverage to work with you on there right if you're paying an agent three percent and we're giving the buyer's agent three percent you can say hey buyer's agent let's cut you down to two and a half percent the seller's agent's going to cut down to two and a half percent great you just saved another one percent now you're making over your 650 right so Little things like that are things that can build up that you couldn't do if you've got that just paying for the cheap guy. And now all of a sudden there is no way to sell your house for that 650 plus that you need. You're getting the net either way uh, because the agents are able to do a little bit more when they have that to work with. Great. So So we're on the clear to close podcast here. We're talking about the top five mistakes that sellers make. So let's go on to our last point. Number five, what would you say the fifth most common mistake that sellers are making? So number five is kind of a funny one, but I I honestly just want to say this for your mental health. Um, Posting a for sale by owner on Facebook and Facebook yard sales. Hmm. I, 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 trust Hmm. me, you, you have to do it, right? But if you're doing a for sale by owner, don't. And the reason I say this is because comments nowadays are not a lot of fun to read. And I can't tell you how many times you'll post, I see posts on there of a house or a car being sold on, on St. George yard sale or a Facebook marketplace. And it says, Oh, this house is three bedrooms, two baths. And it's, um, uh, we're selling it for $650,000. Well, there's a lot Greed. of people on there that say, Oh, hateful. What do you think? What are you thinking? This house is only worth five fifty. You're just trying to rip everybody off. Just like everybody, the world's falling apart. Right. So what, I mean, I just say that for your own mental health, unless you have somebody who's making sure that this is priced correctly and it looks on there like a home that's worth as much money as you're trying to sell it for, then, then don't, because you will get frustrated. I've had people actually decide not to sell their house just because of comments that they're reading online. So it's, it's, it's one of those things where unfortunately it, where we live, people are a little bit judgmental uh, of a lot of things. And uh, if you're selling something, they feel like, oh, well, I mean, that's that's a terrible price, so I'm going to make a comment on it. So be careful of that. As a realtor, what I like to do is, is I will, I of course, post everything on there, but I'm confident in posting on there because I know the price is correct. So, um, it oh, one of our cameras is switching off. That's okay. I think the other ones are still, are still live. Okay. Um, anyways, but... As a uh, as somebody who sees some of these posts coming through, what I would recommend is if you want to post on there, make sure it looks really, really good. Make sure you have professional photos because the second you post that picture online where you're taking a picture of the guest bathroom and all of a sudden in the mirror it sees that hand coming through with the uh, with the arm holding the phone, that's exactly what people see. Oh, isn't it? Amazing? Yeah, people will nitpick every little photo, Everything. whether it's a decoration, whether it's something crooked, whether it's... Yep design concepts and 
I'm amazed that people will have the time and just the audacity sometimes, the, the anonymity yeah. to just be able to make the comments and just be these just mean sometimes and cruel yeah. and sometimes it's just for kicks for whatever reason sometimes it might be it a is. legitimate thing and say hey you took a photo here yeah. I th- sometimes people are trying to be helpful with it but if you're sitting at your office and you're working all in your and you constantly get likes and buzzes and comments and all this yeah. kind of stuff all that gets screened by your agent and all of it yeah, can but- be something the agent says hey we are getting some comments about the clutterness of the house or there's too much personalization or we need to just maybe clean up the decorations and stuff like that. I mean, they'll do tours with other agents that'll come through the property and we'll really make sure that it is putting its best foot forward. And like I said, on Facebook, you can see the difference between an MLS listing that's done with professional photos versus someone's walked around with their iPhone. Yeah. Even though it's a great camera and bing, 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 you know, different angles, different lighting, toilet seats up, you know, all kinds of different things. Uh, But that's a really good point. Just posting on Facebook, just posting pictures of toilets in general. Why are people posting any of that? It's like, <laughs> hey, you got to know it has a full toilet. Let you know, them go to the house and see one. it. If, if, you, if you're that interested, like go to the house and see that it has a toilet. You don't need to post that picture. But And I think that's the other thing. People take too many photos sometimes with do. Facebook. They'll just do way too many photos, which can give too many people a reason not to come and see the home. Yeah. When you want them to come see the home and really you want to do kitchen and give all the details of bedroom and bathroom, but taking a photo of every bedroom and you're like, I don't even know which bedroom this was. Yeah. Just a photo of a blank room or window in a closet, you know, or the kids stuff for the personalization. I mean, so usually it's better to take the, obviously the front photo, maybe the background, maybe the kitchen, that's it. And then say, Hey, if you want to see more, come out to it. That's always going to do a better job than just a photo. Nobody really buys anything, you know, off of photos, unless they're already familiar with the product or have already seen it in real life in most cases. So I think it was great. I hope everybody enjoyed our show here today. This is the clear to close podcast. We're talking about the top five mistakes that sellers make. I hope that was beneficial to you. If you have any questions, comments, if you have other things that you think are the mistakes that people are making, please put them in the comment section. What other mistakes have you guys think? I mean, we have a lot more than five, but yeah, we wanted to list off just five kind of ones that we're starting to see a whole lot of here. So, yep. So I'd love to have your feedback. Subscribe. If you have a topic you want us to do, please put it in the comment section. We'd love to answer any of your questions you have. You can reach Carson Jones. He's with the team honey with the Realty one group. And I'm Ryan Bolton. You can visit my website at ryanbolton.com for all your mortgage needs, but uh, we'll drop another podcast soon. And uh, thanks for listening. Thanks so much. Talk to you soon.